Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. If uh, you go to India and uh, you go see a Hindu temple, on the outside of the temple, you will usually see on the roof portion of the temple, gods or images of gods piled on top of each other and painted uh, representations of the different deities within Hinduism. If you go to a Buddhist temple, say, inside Sri Lanka. The outside of the temple is usually very serene. But if you go into the temple, and I had the opportunity to be taken into some of these temples, you'll see that there is a chaotic collection of either demons or deities painted all over the place, and there's usually a number of statues of Buddha, either standing, sitting, or lying down. If you go to the Vatican in uh, Rome, you'll see paintings of God touching Adam at the time of creation. If you move on to the Protestant churches, uh, whereas you would see Christ on the cross in Catholic churches, in the Protestant churches you'll just see a cross without a figure of a being on it. If you go to mosques, you will find there's no pictorial adornment. There's calligraphy and writing, but no pictures. And the same with Jewish synagogues or temples. You won't find pictures. You'll find uh, calligraphy. Usually, uh, you'll see a uh, replica of the Ten Commandments somewhere within uh the temple. If you look at a line of bulbs connected by a wire, they may be of many colors, like Christmas tree bulbs, green and red and yellow and blue and white. They all have something in common. An electric current lights them. Now, the electric current is not the bulb, and the electric current doesn't have any color. The electric current is a power. A power that's capable of 
giving animation or light to these bulbs. If you look at these various examples I gave of religious uh, temples and their attitude towards portraying God, you'll see that it comes from, or goes from, direct representations to no representation at all. God is a power, and he's a power beyond our understanding. He is not capable of being portrayed. He's without form, and being without form, any portrayal of him in form is deceptive, and it's deceptive in a number of ways. By portraying God as they do on the uh, ceiling of the Sistine Chapel as a man, or as portraying God as a man as they do in the Hindu deities, it alters God's not being able to be portrayed as a form. It alters the perception of his formlessness within the understanding of the people who look at these things. Now, our perception has a lot to do with who we are and what our potentiality is in understanding formlessness and in understanding that which is beyond illusion. If we understand that illusion is that which we see, then being able to see pictures of God gives us a false understanding of the rest of illusion. It gives us an understanding that somehow God is part of what everything else is. God is not part of what everything else is. Everything else is the creation, but God is the creator. God has no mother, no father, no sons, no daughters. God is not a he or a she. God is a majestic, glorious, transcendent power that maintains and sustains his creation and is without form as we know form. Now, God, Allah, is represented to us by his qualities. And these qualities become his names. Now, you can write out Rahman, mercy, or Rahim, compassion, 
in letters, but can you draw a picture of mercy? Can you draw a picture of compassion? Do these things have form? Do these things have material substance? They don't. But they have effect. And they have great effect on us and on those we come into contact with. And when mercy is displayed, it's apparent. When compassion is displayed, it's apparent. When love is displayed, it's apparent. So, things without form can be apparent. We can experience mercy and experience compassion, yet it doesn't have a form. Yet, it's as powerful as anything that we see that has a form. In fact, it's more powerful. Love transcends time and space. Love transcends distance. If your lover, someone you love, is on the other side of the world, the two of you can still be connected by that love even though you aren't near each other physically. Love can travel in a way that physical forms can't travel. In an instant, love can cross oceans. In an instant, mercy and compassion can surround the world. Your mercy and your compassion can surround the world. The influence of mercy and compassion in this world is greater than the influence of any of the physical manifestations that appear within creation. The difference between mercy, compassion, and love is they are not creations of Allah. They are. They are Allah. And if we can enter into a relationship with that which is Allah, as opposed to that which is the creation of Allah, that's transcendence. We've transcended the worldly dunya, the form, and we've entered into qualities which exist, which are not creations, which are actually the essence of Allah as far as we can know it and experience it. So, going beyond form into essence is transcendence. It's transcending the form. 
there is no male or female in this transcendence. Uh, you don't say mercy is sexual. Mercy is a he or a she. Compassion is not a he or a she. Love is not a he or a she. And when we understand that gender doesn't apply to those qualities, we begin to understand the equality that occurs at the point of transcendence between gender. Gender disappears, and only God exists. And God is without gender. So if you can transcend the worldly aspects of things, you transcend gender. And you don't see people as man or woman. You see people as people. We have an obligation to find ourselves in a transcendent state, to place ourselves in a transcendent state. And when I say that, what is meant by that? Allah created man so that he would have a creation that could know him. Not know his creation, but know him. So, for us to fulfill the purpose of creation, which is to know Allah, we have to transcend the creation. So, we have to transcend the attachments to the creation. We have to transcend all of our needs and desires within the creation. So, if our desire is based on mercy, and our desire is based in compassion, in other words, if that's what we want, if love is what we want, all of a sudden, we no longer want material things. And material things don't become the object of our obsessions. So, if we can alter the object of our obsessions from the material to the non-material, to that which is without form, we have transcended form. Now, we are still a being in form, so we have to take care of the form. But part of us is not form. And in time, the form leaves. So we need to pay attention to the non-form portion of ourselves. And the only way for that to materialize in a non-form kind of way is to be attached to that which doesn't have form. So... If we are attached to our car, or attached to our house, or attached to our titles, or attached to our wealth, we are attached to form. If we can break that attachment and become attached to love, and attached to mercy, and attached to, the, to compassion, 
then we've broken our attachment to the illusory and transcended to an attachment to that which is permanent, that which is eternal. And if we are to eternalize our being through Allah, it has to be by attaching ourselves to Allah and to those things of Allah that we can comprehend and understand in whatever limited nature that might be. So, somehow, along our path and along our way, we have to begin to categorize and qualify what is important in our existence and what isn't important in our existence. You know, in this world, people keep score. And everybody has a set of standards that they keep score by. I've heard it said that whoever dies with the most toys wins. Uh, it's not true. Whoever dies with the most money wins. It's not true. What is true is everybody dies. What's not true is the things that you've accumulated have some sort of impact on you, uh, give you some sort of status. What gives you status is not what you accumulate, but what you give away. And all of Allah's qualities come into action by being given away. You can't hold on to mercy. You can't hold on to compassion. You can't put love in the bank. You make it grow by giving it. And as you give it more and more, it grows more and more outside of you and inside of you. No one has ever been diminished by giving unto others. People grow by giving unto others. And we need to understand that. And that changes the nature of the way we understand existence. If we understand existence through the creation, then we understand a limited portion of existence, and we limit our own being to that limited portion of existence. But if we understand existence as the creation and the creator, and we try to differentiate in ourselves between that which is the creation and that which is the creator, then we are making strides to transcend the material and enter into the spiritual nature of our existence, 
which is the truth of our existence and where the eternality of our existence is. And unless we can do that, then we are chained to our perception of creation and what we can get from creation. If you are tied to the creation, all of your understanding is within that creation. And that creation, whether it goes with you or against you, makes you happy or makes you sad. If you get what you want, you're happy. If you lose it, you're sad. The nature of creation is that it fades. So, as long as you're happy, you should know that soon you're going to be sad. Because whatever it is that made you happy, by its very nature, is going to fade. So, there is no long-term happiness. There is no long-term joy. It's not possible within creation. It wasn't set up that way. For long-term joy, you have to transcend to grace, and you have to transcend to the qualities that are Allah. You have to transcend to the non-form portion of ourselves and our existence. And we have to give credence to the non-form portion of ourselves in order to be able to recognize the non-form portion that exists all around us. Love is everywhere, all the time. Compassion is everywhere, all the time. Mercy and justice are everywhere, all the time. But we have built up veils that stop us from being involved in mercy and compassion. We've built up veils that separate us from truth and justice and reality. We hold perceptions that make justice unavailable to us. We treat those close to us different than we treat those we don't know. We make distinctions between religions. We make distinctions between colors. We make distinctions between races and religions and places of origin. As if they had some impact on who people are. There's all this nationality in the world. Uh, people claim their birth land as their birthright and its exclusivity to others. In truth, you only have one birthland, and it's the womb of your mother. And wherever the womb of your mother happens to be when you're born is your nationality. But it had very little to do with the country. It has more to do with where your mother was. Understand that. We have created falsifications of identity. 
we have created layers of falsifications and we hold on to these as if they are important to us. My religion, my language, my race, my identity. We need to lose all those identities. And your identity needs to become mercy. Your identity needs to become compassion. Your identity needs to be justice and love. We are of no nationality. We are of no race. We are of all nationalities. And we are of all races. We are of all religions. We are of all faiths. We are the ones who belong to Allah and belong to Allah alone. We're the ones who believe in Allah alone. And Allah is not a God who's limited to any one religion. He is the God of all people. And so we are the brothers and sisters of all people. We are all the children of Adam and Eve, and we are all related in that way. And we have to understand that relationship. And if we lose touch with that and try to create differences and separations, what we're doing is creating differences in ourself from God and separations in ourself from God. As we separate ourselves from others, we separate ourselves from God. As we try to make ourselves distinct from others, we separate ourselves from God. We need to be able to integrate with all of humanity. We need to be able to integrate with all nationalities. Nationalities shouldn't make a difference to us. Religions shouldn't make a difference to us. The only distinction that we should hold on to is the distinction of the formlessness of Allah. And we need to enter into that formlessness. Mercy and compassion need to be our touchstone and our byline. We need to be the ones who choose mercy and compassion over separation and distinction. We need to be able to travel that path. And to do that, we have to give up the ideas that we learn as we're raised in society. We are told that we are somehow distinct from everyone else. We are taught very often to hate other peoples, to hate other nationalities, to hate other religions. These are all lies that are perpetrated because of political need and political power and the fight over real estate. Real estate is part of the illusion. We need to be beyond the illusion. We need to be 
uh, we need to go beyond the, loser, the illusory nature of this existence. And it's only in going beyond that that we can find our true self. What happens with all of these distinctions is we create false identities of who we are, and we identify with these false identities, and we spend our time believing in these false identities. And they take us nowhere. They don't do anything for us except degrade us. So we are either in the process of degrading ourselves or transcending ourselves. And we need to know what it is that degrades us and what it is that brings us towards transcendence. And we have to concentrate with great determination to leave the degraded things behind, to take them away from our being, to release ourselves from their grip. And then we can begin to find out who we truly are. And if we can do that, if we can find out who we truly are, we can become closer and closer in touch with our Lord. And this is our true birthright, and this is the reason for our creation. May it come to pass for each of us. Amin. Amin. Ya Rabbi Lalameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.